let me pray once more. Um, we'll gather together the prayers that we've prayed, uh, or the, the thoughts that we've shared, and close together in the Lord's Prayer as we move toward the scriptures. Lord, we are so grateful for um, the opportunity to worship, to gather together on this Pentecost Sunday as we celebrate the moving of your Spirit into the hearts and minds and bodies and souls of those first disciples. We know that you are at work in us as well. And so as we have shared the joys and sorrows that are on our hearts today and also um, the activities and uh, plans of our church family Lord, we pray that your spirit would come, that you would guide us, that you would lead us to understand the truth and to respond to it. We pray that you would be at work in individual lives and in families and in this church community to glorify yourself. We pray particularly for um, our children today as um, they are growing and learning. We pray that you would bless them as we near the end of the school year and move toward summer activities and changes in routine we pray that you would be at work in families, um, establishing great habits and patterns uh, that help lead us toward you. And so we're grateful for all these things, and we put them all in your hands and pray that you'll be with us with the prayer that you taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Well, as we shared last week, uh, Don is away this week taking some much-needed uh, time on vacation with family, and, but he has uh, prepared a sermon for us to uh, listen to this morning and have a chance to respond to. Uh, it's Pentecost Sunday, and so as we mentioned in prayers, and you'll hear in the sermon, we're talking about the Holy Spirit and the way the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives bearing fruit. And the scripture that we're reading is from Galatians chapter 5. We touched on this last week, uh, but we're going to spend a little bit more in-depth time talking about what that fruit of the Spirit is. So I invite you to hear the Word of God from Galatians 5 starting in verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And so we'll turn it over to Don and uh, listen to the sermon. So I invite your attention to the screen, and um, we'll switch that over. To the screen. Well, good and, morning, uh, Greenwich. We'll that over. Thank you for the opportunity to bring God's word to you again remotely. I am preparing this message before Sunday, uh, recording it a little bit in advance, 
as my wife and I, well, Krista and morning, I, Greenwich. are sneaking well, away this thank weekend. Thank you for the opportunity to bring God's word weekend. to you again remotely. And we rejoice in God's I faithfulness to us uh, over these uh, many years. And uh, a little fatigued after uh, the last several weeks. And so with a session support, uh, we're away for the weekend. But uh, I'm eager to bring uh, a message to you uh, on this Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost, as you may recall, is that uh, event. It was a Jewish festival happening seven weeks or 50 days uh, after Passover. And the same weekend, of course, Jesus was crucified and raised on a Passover weekend. So seven weeks later, we have Pentecost, this event where we read in the second chapter of Acts, the Holy Spirit falls upon the early Christian community, those who have witnessed the resurrection of Jesus, those who have believed in his name and the power of the resurrection. And so the spirit was given and the promise was given that all who believe in Jesus will receive the promised gift of the spirit. Now, I recognize that the spirit is the kind of hidden or shy member of the Trinity and a lot of Christians are not quite as familiar with the ministry and the work of the Spirit in their lives. But if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you trust in his name, if you trust in his death and resurrection for the forgiveness of your sins and for your salvation, then you too have received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so what I want to do today is to tie some things together, tie Pentecost, the giving of the Spirit and the presence of the Spirit in our lives I want to tie that together with our study over the last several weeks of the parable of the sower. Now, if you recall last Sunday at the tail end of the message, I suggested that one thing we might want to consider doing is to help prepare the soil of our hearts to make it fertile, to plow it up a little bit by getting good rest and by praying before we come to church. So hopefully you're rested up and prayed up. I'm going to ask you to put your thinking caps on because we're going to tie these themes together, I hope, in a helpful and thoughtful way that will strengthen our faith, hope, and love in Jesus Christ. Now, I am not a gardener. I am not a farmer. But one thing I have observed, whatever kind of seed you stick into the ground, you know what you get. <laughs> you get that kind of tree or plant or bush. It's what you get every time. It is so cool. <laughs> the Bible way of saying it is this, whatever you sow, you will reap. If you plant an apple seed, you're gonna get an apple tree. If you plant wheat, as we saw out in our Kansas days, you'll get wheat. And then if you plant a kumquat seed, you'll get a kumquat. <laughs> My dad used to joke about that, you know, getting kumquats. I believe this idea of sowing and reaping recalls the Genesis story on the third day of creation. Let, let me read it for you. Let the land produce vegetation, seed bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds. That's the language according to their various kinds. So what you plant, you will get. That's the idea that God has ordained in creation. 
And so the parable of the sower works off of this image. The image of a farmer who goes out to sow seed and some falls along the path, some among the rocks, some in thorny soil and some in good soil. But what we're never really told is what kind of seed the farmer sows and perhaps it's not that important because Jesus interprets the parable for us. He says the seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. Mm. So what he's talking about, though the story has a farmer sowing a physical seed, and we're not told what kind of a plant it is, what Jesus wants us to understand is that the seed in the story is the word of God. Ah. Well, a word, a word is either written or it's spoken and heard, right? Written and read, spoken and heard. That kind of seed is not a physical seed. It is a spiritual seed. It is a seed that conveys truth. It conveys a message. It contains an idea. It tells a story. So, so the in the parable of the sower, we're not dealing exactly with a physical seed, but a spiritual seed that Jesus said he is interested in sowing. And so, if God has ordained a world where... <laughs> things bear fruit according to their various kinds. A physical seed will bear a physical fruit according to kind, and a spiritual seed will bear a spiritual fruit according to its kind. And so here we bring the parable of the sower and Pentecost, the celebration of God's giving of the Spirit, and we bring it together with the Apostle Paul. Now, I believe uh, we've heard a reading from Galatians chapter 5, a passage that we often refer to as the fruit of the Spirit passage. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Ninefold fruit from one seed, from a spiritual seed, the message sown, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the word of God sown into a human life that is believed and held fast and, and in persevering, that seed bears fruit. It bears a crop. As in the parable, it says 30, 60, 100 fold what was sown. So the fruit of the spirit that Paul writes of, that connects us back to the Pentecost story and the parable of the sower, it is not a physical fruit, but a spiritual fruit. And as we hear these nine fruits, as it were, we note that they are character traits. They are almost personality traits, attitudes, a disposition of the heart that leads forth into a way of life into a way of relating to people and so love the spirit bears the fruit of love a, a sacrificial life joy the ability to to um to understand um 
uh, an emotional um, strength in the midst of often difficult circumstances, a, 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 an emotional sense that is not dependent upon circumstances, peace, the ability to remain calm and engaged in relationship despite what may be happening around, a patience, an ability to stick with something over time. And so each of the nine fruit of the Spirit as uh, described by Paul has kind of an emotional component to it a relational component to it. And I guess at some level, I might say a volitional, that is something of the will, something of the inner resolve and resiliency of the human spirit. This is the kind of life that God intends. When that seed is sown, that seed takes root, that spiritual seed takes root in a human heart that believes the word and holds it fast, that trusts in Jesus Christ, then from that seed comes this kind of life. It's a harvest. It's a harvest of a spiritual kind. And so let me offer three reflections that I think can perhaps be picked up, Eric, I'm looking to you now, <laughs> to pick up by some pastoral conversation uh, as you continue with the service. First is this. What I have observed is that when a seed is planted or seeds are planted, you can expect that fruit, okay? I reseeded my lawn last fall and there came grass. <laughs> but I noticed that it didn't come up right away. Oh, I might've wanted it to be so. <laughs> I kept looking and looking. I would water the grass and the grass seed. And, and then, you know, a couple weeks later, you know, there we had the grass seed. God has made it so that we can expect to see fruit according to the kind of seed that is sown, but we cannot expect it immediately. We ought not expect it immediately. Again, this law of the harvest, of the sowing and the reaping, I think, contains with it also an understanding that seed takes time to mature into fruit. And so if you were to plant an apple tree, you are not going to have a harvest immediately. Put differently, the Spirit is sown into our lives through the gospel and it's not like Jack and the Beanstalk. We know the story, right? Jack went out with his magic beans and overnight the, the Beanstalk grew and he you know, climbed it up to the giant's house. It's not that. Spiritual maturity takes time. Pentecost took place, the spirit was given, but maturing into a life of Christ-like character took the rest of their lives. It took them a while to figure some things out. And so in our lives, we can expect to see love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. We can expect to see these in our lives, but we ought not expect them overnight. And so we can relax, we can be patient in, in some way. And we certainly ought not expect these in the lives of others. 
Too often we do that. We look to others and wonder why they aren't more mature. And so the first observation has to do, we can expect this fruit, this spiritual fruit, to be born in our lives, but we ought to understand that it takes time to mature. Second uh, reflection is this. It is the fruit of the Spirit. It is not a fruit, it is not the fruit of the flesh. It is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It is the, the maturing of the life of Christ's Spirit in our lives. Put differently, the fruit of the Spirit is a work of God. Bearing that um, fruit is something God oversees. Uh, the Apostle Paul wrote these words to the Corinthian church. I planted, talking about preaching the gospel, Apollos watered, that is following up with some teaching. So Apollos was a, another one of the early disciples. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. That says that the responsibility for this harvest is really ultimately not mine. It is God's. He is the gardener. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. Okay? And so there's this understanding of the, the sovereign work of God, of overseeing this spiritual seed that is sown, the word of God that we listen to, that we read, that we hold fast that God will see that that harvest comes. And so we don't have to, to muscle up. Uh, we can't bring it about by our own effort. But the fruit is born according to its kind, in its own time, under the watchful eye of God, the gardener. And so it is the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of the flesh. Third reflection is this doesn't mean we're off the hook, okay? <laughs> now, having just said that it is the fruit of the Spirit and it is God's responsibility, some might be thinking, oh, well, then I can just sit back, relax, and don't have to do anything. I don't believe that is the way we're to understand it. And so Paul concludes that short passage of the fruit of the Spirit. He says, since we live by the Spirit... Let us keep in step with the Spirit. That's where we begin to hear our call, our responsibility in this work of Christian discipleship. Since we live by the Spirit, that is to say we come alive spiritually, we are born again, uh, it says in James and in Peter, uh, in the New Testament letters, we are born again by the living and enduring Word of God. The gospel, when believed, brings a new life, a, a new force, a new energy to us. We are transformed, truly, from death to life. We are raised with Christ by our hearing that gospel. A, a new desire, a, a new impulse in our lives towards the truth, towards grace, towards service, towards love, towards Jesus Christ and the glorifying of God. This is the work of God's Spirit. Since you live by the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit. That's our part. Paul says, you begin this life with Christ through the work of the Holy Spirit and the gospel, so now continue that life. The, the, the phrase, keep in step with the Spirit, can also be translated, 
walk in the Spirit or walk by the Spirit. It, it envisions a journey. So there's maybe a little bit of the mixing of a metaphor here, right? You've got the, the gardening harvest metaphor and the fruit of the Spirit. Now you have a pilgrimage metaphor. Journey with, walk with the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. Cooperate with the Spirit as the Spirit prompts towards love, towards peace, towards uh, reconciliation, towards uh, forgiveness, towards self-control, towards this gentleness, towards this Christ-like life. As you feel that prompting and that nudging, walk there, go there. That's another way we would say it. I'm going to go there. Go where the Spirit leads. And the Spirit leads into these nine character qualities, these nine dispositions. Let the Spirit make you a more patient person. Let the Spirit make you a more gentle person. Let the Spirit give you and lead you into a life of self-control instead of impulsivity. So, three reflections that I'm going to now hand off to uh, Eric uh, and our elders for further conversation. Perhaps explore this patience and waiting for the fruit to be born, expecting the fruit to be there, and how do we live in that patient place, wanting uh, the fruit to be born more fully in our lives, recognizing that it is God's responsibility, not ours, but that we do have a responsibility to keep in step with the Spirit. So on this Pentecost Sunday, I pray that uh, God's Word, uh, as we've heard it from Galatians chapter 5, would fall deep into the soil of hearts that have been prepared, and, and that that Word would bear a good fruit over time, and that our lives would change. And so I do look forward to being back with you next Sunday. Uh, by God's grace, uh, we'll be able to bring a message uh, in person. But again, thank you for uh, your careful attention uh, and listening. And thank you for your prayers and support of our family. Amen. I'd like to close with prayer and then I'll hand it back. Father, we thank you uh, for your goodness and grace revealed to us in Jesus Christ. And so by your mercy and by the power of your spirit, cause your word read and heard and proclaimed this day to go deep into the soil of our lives. And we yearn for a full and rich harvest of spiritual fruit to the glory of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray and all God's people said, amen. God bless you. See you next week. Mike's not, oh, there we go, great. Thank you, Don, for uh, sharing that good word with us. And Glenn, he's given us a great task to be able to respond to this. Uh, it, you know, it's interesting when you're preparing to talk about the Holy Spirit moving, you know, the question comes into your mind, how much should I prepare? Because if it's supposed to be the Spirit at work in me, then maybe I should just let the Spirit lead and not prepare at all. Or, you know, the question that Don asked at the end there has to do with that balance or maybe it's almost a paradox of it is the Holy Spirit's responsibility and it is the Holy Spirit in me that produces growth and maturity and fruit, 
and yet I also bear some responsibility as well. So how can both of those things be true uh, at the same time? And this is the mystery of really all of who God is ultimately ends up in this place of both trusting God and also actively participating in it. And so that's what we're going to try to do um, here this morning. Uh, He asked that question, how do we live in that patient place of wanting the fruit to be born more fully, but recognizing that it's not? How do we live in the tension of that moment? And I was uh, thinking about that in relation to how I experienced growing up as a kid. Um, I recall when I was in middle school and early high school, wanting to be so much more than I, than I was. <laughs> wanting to, to be physically more than I was, wanting to be spiritually more than I was. I had faith at that time and wanted to grow and just saw so much um, in me that I wanted to be better and I wanted it to be better fast. You know, I wanted that quick growth. And I felt that way for years. I felt that way when I was in middle school, felt that way when I was in high school, felt that way when I was in college, felt that way when I was in my 20s. I feel that way still now in many ways, where I, I see places where I want to grow, and yet um, uh, it feels like I'm stuck in a pattern. And yet, if I turn and look back on my life and think about the ways in which God has actually used time and energy and uh, used that patience, that patient waiting to develop, I, I can see places where I have actually grown. And so um, as I was thinking about it, my, my encouragement to you is what Don said as well. If you are a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is in you. You don't, you don't decide whether or not that's true. If, if your life is in God's hands, then God is at work in you, and you ought to rest in that knowledge and peace. If you're young, or if you're young in faith, and it feels like there's so much farther to go, be patient. I encourage you to, to wait for God to cultivate the soil of your heart. That's one side of it. If you're, uh, if you're not young, if you've been at this for a while, I encourage you to take a turn and look back and see the ways. Think about the ways in which God has developed these fruits in you, um, because God has been at work all along, and if there are places where you need to grow more, uh, where you see that there's a lack of a fruit of the Spirit, that's the place where it's time then to yield, to put yourself in God's uh, hands. And Don uh, used the language from Galatians, which is wonderful, of keeping in step with the Spirit. And uh, Glenn, I was wondering, as you think about that idea of coming alongside what the Holy Spirit is doing or keeping in step or trying to find the rhythm of the Holy Spirit at work in your life, how have you seen that in your own life or in the lives of other people? I, um, I listened to the sermon a couple of times, just uh, thinking about <clears throat> what I would say up here and uh, thinking, should I... Should I talk about the things that I thought about the first time uh, that I listened to the sermon? Or should I talk about the things that I uh, thought about the second time I heard (laughs) the sermon? 
or the third time. And these are a combination of, of thoughts and the way the Spirit works in your heart as far as perception. You think about uh, one thing in a particular context and then you move into a deeper, I believe, deeper um, thought process. I was thinking more about uh, the idea that um, we are dealing with sowing seeds and then uh, from those seeds there's fruit that is born. Uh, I, I, there are seeds in fruit. Hmm. <laughs> and I thought that uh, um, the, the, the fruit of the Spirit say say uh, gentleness um, someone shows a child how to be gentle with a, an animal and uh, that's a very beautiful thing that that happens that perpetuates gentleness in in that child and then uh, when the child or the adult perceives this as something that's holy it's a, you know, gentleness is a, is a beautiful, holy gift from God. And they perpetuate uh, love when it's pure, uh, perpetuates love. Hmm. Um, these, these fruits of the Spirit perpetuate, they grow. Uh, they have, these fruits have seeds and they're planted as uh, as the fruit is eaten, I guess. Um, so we, um, we're sowing seeds and those seeds are being sown. It's interesting how God, uh, in, in the, the, the real way that things grow, uh, man, those, those aspects are also manifested in spiritual gifts as well. Is a unique kind of way that that happens. Mm -hmm. um, we have a garden at home, and uh, some of the some of the plants will grow, and then they'll they'll drop their seeds, and the next year those things will come up. Sometimes we'll find a volunteer that we have no idea how that got there, um, over in some corner somewhere in the garden, and I if I think about those as metaphors for the fruits of the spirit. Mm -hmm. I see uh, uh, very distinctly how, uh, how that perpetuates yeah. itself. It, it reminds me of when we were talking about the parable of the sower, the fruit that's born, it says it yields often 30 or 60 or 100 times more than what was sown. When these character attributes, this maturity in Christ grows in you in a, and a character trait is developed, I think this is what you're saying, Glenn, is it leads to more of that same one. So when you experience growth and the ability to be patient, it leads to more patience in your life. The, the growth is multi multiplicative, if, if that's a word. It's, it's exponential. It's not, it's not one seed that gets sown after. There are multiple that grow out of that one place. Is that where you're yeah, Well, not, not only in me, but in other people who see it, mm -hmm. right? That's... Uh, that's what I see. Uh, uh, these things, God is, is spreading his gifts and his, his fruit through the people who are, uh, 
or revealing it, I guess. And uh, so our, uh, the seeds that we plant via the, the, the uh, actually using uh, love, you know, loving someone, uh, you can't help but that, that, that's, that's got to be taken and, and continued in some, uh, some yeah, way so by somebody Other people else. pick it up and also it, it gets b- born in your life, but in the lives of the people around you too, because they see it yeah. and they experience it as well, which is you know, the importance of community for Christian growth as well, is that the more that we grow in Christ together, the more that that bears fruit. That is true in families, and it's true in our church family as well, where we see fruit and bear it in lives of other people. Um, you know, the last part of what Don talked about, uh, he, he talked about the volitional part of this, that there is, a, there is a turning of the will toward God that is really at the heart of what it means to keep in step with the Spirit. So keeping in step with the Spirit is not trying harder to be kind, you know, to, to make the Christian faith and following God about somehow, you know, pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps and I'm just going to work harder at the thing. It has more to do with not trying harder, but actually yielding more to the Spirit of God. If it's true that the Spirit of God is in you and that God is doing this work in you, then the, the, the primary responsibility that we have is when God is prompting us to do something, when God is moving us, when the Spirit of God is at work, it's to yield our will and say, not my will be done, but your will be done, Lord. To reverse the curse in the garden instead of saying, no, I'm going to take it for myself and I want to have the knowledge of God. No, it's, God, I trust you and I trust your Spirit to be at work in and through my life. We as Americans want so badly to control In the Western world, we want to control ourselves and we want to manipulate the world around us. And the Spirit of God says, no, you've got to let go of your desire to be in charge of it and yield your heart and your mind to the work of God in your life. Amen? Amen. Well, let me pray for us once more and then we'll respond in song. Lord, thank you for this word and the way that it has taught. Um, And we pray that your Spirit would be at work in us. We know that there are times and places when um, you prompt us to grow in one of these areas and we resist your will. And so we pray that we would have our hearts and our minds open and responsive to the Spirit of God moving in our lives and that we would have patience to, to allow the Spirit to do its work over time. And we pray that as we look back and see the ways that we are growing, that we would have confidence and encouragement that you are at work in and through us as long as we are yielding and keeping in step with your spirit. And so we pray all these things in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, in response, let's stand and sing.